Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Monday, Monday, Dr. Paul, how are you? All ready and raring to go. We had a little trip over the weekend. Yeah. That was I fun. I had to have you come along and, and put up my cards and say, Ron, this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, you're not biting. So, so, so we did make it to the YAL conference. That was fun. And I, uh, they, they, I didn't... One thing I told somebody I was disappointed with, not for any special reason, but I like to look at the faces of the people I'm talking to. Yeah. But the lights, some people put the lights dim on the crowd and they want to light up the oh, stage. Oh, yeah, of course. But, but I don't know how many people were there. Well, I, was out, they, there. They, they, I was out there. It was a lot of kids and they were thrilled. They had uh, a great you know, that's time. A, people say that I go there and, and they're grateful. But I go there because I'm sort of grateful myself yeah. that uh, that there there is still a reception out there yeah. and so so I felt I felt good about it and, and they were they were in a good mood a thousand kids I mean so that's that's great they said it was a good speech but I say no it was a good audience <laughs> <laughs> the audience makes the speech it works well together <laughs> so, but uh, let's see who's going to make this program the burden is falling on the both of us. Uh -oh. So I'll be start off in, with you in a minute. But, <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, there's uh, lots of stuff going on, but uh, and, and there's a lot of follow-ups too. And we're, we'll be following up uh, at first with the uh, with the wonderful, wonderful bill that Pelosi and Schumer are so excited about. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a couple billion dollars here and there. Uh, uh, they got it under a trillion, so. Uh, that's uh, that's a big deal, but anyway, the bill got passed out of the Senate. Has to go to the House, and uh, it 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 is major, and um, it's uh, up to seven hundred and forty billion dollars. But they they claim that uh, they've targeted because it's called uh, you know bill uh, uh, inflation protection bill. They're going to get rid of inflation yeah, yeah. by doing everything that's going to increase prices yeah. but it will increase inflation too because they claim that they've cut back on the spending they yeah. they put the spending level up here they cut it down here look at what we cut but no this is not going to cut any spending which means the pressure will be on the fed to do exactly what they're doing inflating yeah. and exactly the reason directly that prices go up so this they didn't talk about that in this bill they didn't talk about well maybe we ought to change the rules and not make it so tempting that uh, the congress can spend as much as they want ever start any war they want and not worry about the bills being paid for now and uh and, and that's and the fed will take care of them so that's been going on a long time but there's some there's some very bad stuff in this bill i mean yeah. they're they're going to solve the climate problem <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and that uh, and save money. I mean, they're, they're going to save a lot of money on that. They're going to raise taxes a little bit, but it's only going to be on the rich, except by now a lot of people have disproven that even the, even the moderates about taxation, they say, we've looked at this thing. It's going to be a lot more taxes than they claim. And they're saying it's going to hit the middle class. Can you believe that's what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah that's what's going to happen. So I'm sure you didn't have too much cheering to do and say, ha, ah, the bill has gotten through finally. 
and uh, it looks like this week will be uh, the House will do their duty, and there'll be at least a few more resistors. Uh, you know. Well, no, the, the Democrats, they, I mean, the Republicans in the Senate, they did at least resist this, but they're, they're not a real obstacle to big spending because if they were running the show, do you think they'd have cut anything out of the <laughs> military-industrial complex? That's, I think, where our big problem is, is uh, the bipartisan agreement on taxes and spending and the Federal Reserve monetizing the debt. Well, you know, I often feel at a disadvantage, Dr. Paul, because I'm not an expert in economics and I don't pretend to be. But I look at this and I feel like a Murray Rothbard or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like a genius. It's like I take all my credit card bills and I look and I'm maxed out on all the cards. I call up my wife and say, hey, we need to get 10 more cards and max them out because <laughs> that's the only way to reduce the debt that we have. I mean, $740 billion. As you know, Dr. Paul, and you've said it so many times, we got into this mess by printing several trillion dollars to fight COVID. Uh, which we know that was a ruse. But so the idea is if you do more of what you've been doing to get yourself in trouble, then you'll somehow get out of trouble. Classic, classic Washington way of dealing with it. But there's one thing that I think is the most ominous, and we talked about this, and thanks to friends at Zero Hedge, and even our enemies at the Free Bacon or the Free Beacon, um, every now and again they're right, right twice a day a broken clock is right. But they reported on one, I think, very important part of this bill. If we can put up that first clip... This is chilling. Anyone with the brain is going to look at this and have a panic attack like I did. I shouldn't even say that. I put a target on my back. If you can put up that first clip. Free Beacon. Dems pose to make IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Patrol combined. They are going to double the size of the IRS that's going to get us out of our mess. Yeah, you know how pleased I must be about yeah. this because the one example that I've used for years is that uh, we don't own our bodies. Some, there are a group of people dealing with some social issues that it's our body and they can't tell us what to do. But if you don't, if you had self-ownership in a, uh, in a more uh, consistent manner, you would say, well, would there ever be a law in the books in the free society of America that the military can come in and draft you willy-nilly, you know, uh, and that means they own you. Yeah. And, and, and just think how many times they've done that. It, was, it got so bad, though, that they had to change their ways after the Vietnam War. But they, in, in, in a way, I was involved in the deb debate on the draft and, and the registration because uh, we, we tried to get rid of registration. So why, if they say we're not going to have a draft, why do they keep the registration? Yeah. And why do they keep the registration when they're registered? Everybody knows where everybody is anyway. Yeah. So, but anyway, they have this registration, which means that, that they own us. They own every penny we make, and we get to spend as, you know, as much as they allow us to. Yeah. And then they own us because if they need our bodies, and uh, it's just in a narrow sense, this is completely and send you off to, to wars that are unconstitutional or immoral and unwinnable and uh, nothing more than uh, mischief to, to benefit some big corporations, then uh, they are in charge. So I think this whole thing, and now to think that they're getting thousands of more people, yeah. you know, to uh, and, then, and then lie to them, oh, we're only going to go after the rich. Yeah, like the rich never had a loophole. So that's, that's, that to me, that's tragic. That is, you, you know, you picked out the issue that really tells you 
the, the sincerity yeah. of them trying to do anything decently, you know, on this. So that in itself should be enough for nobody to even look at a bill like this. And let's look at that next clip. This is from the Free Beacon article. There's a couple of the stats from the bill, if we could put that up. Under the Inflation Reduction Act, negotiated by Senator Joe Manchin, the agency, IRS that is, would receive $80 billion in funding to hire as many as 87,000 additional employees. That would double its workforce. Dr. Paul, I would put this forth. These 87,000 people are not going to be sitting on the phone to help you if you have any questions, to help you fill out your form, or to make sure that you're not overpaying. No, these are going to be the people that you always talk about federal agents with guns to come around and snoop into every aspect of your life, your digital life, look where you've been, what you've been doing. If they can squeeze another dollar out of some poor person, they sure as heck will. Daniel, but you, you got to do your calculations again <laughs> because they've, they've answered your question about is this a success, is this going to solve They think they can collect $200 billion with all these agents. And uh, so I, I would say uh, there is pie in the sky yeah. dreaming and uh, yet it's going to go by and uh, there's going to be a lot of people happy. The climate control people, they're going to be happy. IRS agents are going to no, be, be happy. So it's going to go on. The military industrial complex are not crying. They're not yeah. going to be crying. So it goes on. The pharmaceutical industry, you know, what they, what they have done over the years has subsidized drug the drug business. And, you know, the with, where they subsidize the vaccines and all that nonsense. Yeah. And it's been very detrimental. And guess what? When they have all this, all this money, uh, prices go up. So what is the solution? Price controls. Yeah. So they already created an artificial system where it's ex excessive because of the way they get their money. Then when the prices go up, which is a predictable event, we say, well, we have to control prices, which is wage and which is a price control yeah. and a wage control indirectly, which even throws another monkey wrench into it. So. Um, you, you know, uh, pharmaceutical, you know, getting and trusting and knowing where and being allowed to buy simple drugs just, you know, a year or two ago, and maybe it still exists, you know, they ran out of adrenaline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, life-saving drug like that yeah. is very, very cheap. So that that uh, it, that could turn out to be a very very serious problem but right now it's this control that came up with covid yeah. that the doctor patient relationship was essentially eliminated and you were like an evil monster who said well we have to look in and calculate uh, natural immunity what did you say yeah. you know they'll cancel you for that 600 percent increase in the irs budget that's going to save us money though so right <laughs> yeah there you go now, you had something from schumer i think you wanted to, to bring up a uh yes i do because he's uh, he's, he's a very important person yeah, here yeah, you know and he carried and and you you know what he's proud proud of oh, it too and i i'm uh, not quite that way yet so no he he has a uh here's a quote coming from his statement after the bill was passed uh uh, the um, here, here it is. I, he says, quote, the Senate is making history. Oh, I am confident the Inflation Reduction Act will endure as one of the defining legislative measures of the 21st century. 
And I said, yes, just like Smoot Hawley, <laughs> which turned out to be the, the worst, one of the worst bills which ushered in the Great Depression. Yeah. Now, there's enough stuff in here. There is going to be a turning point on this. They've been getting away with uh, economic murder, you know, yeah. because of all the things they do. And you think, how can people trust this system? But the cracks are there, and it's, it's not going to be smooth. The Federal Reserve is under the gun. The spending is never going to stop. They don't even pretend. I know we're in trouble uh, when the answer to this is, you, you know, the Marxists that are in a Congress now, deficits don't matter. Why are you guys fear-mongering? Well, some of those, uh, some of those truths will be proven that uh, deficits do matter. And, and uh, they're, they're, it, people will realize that monetary policy measures and spending matters and all these things. Right now, they're still getting away with it. But the good news is that more and more people are going to wake up and hopefully we can stir up a little bit of interest on this IRS stuff because the average person ought to know, yeah. and, they, and there's people who studied this bill in detail said, no, the only way they can raise money is go to the middle class. They're not going to do it from the very rich. No. There aren't enough very rich people. Besides, they're, they're, they're friends. They're yeah, in business exactly. together. <laughs> we, don't, we don't tax our friends. Well, the thing is, and you've, you suggested earlier in the segment, Dr. Paul, the Republicans, what are they going to do about it? Yeah, they voted no. Okay. But this is an issue that they could really run. And if they understand that there is a tax revolt in the U.S., there is an opposition to the elites ripping them off, whether it's sending money to Ukraine or hiring a bunch of IRS thugs to come break down your door. And I think there is a sense that this is happening. We see it in places that are unexpected, like CPAC, for example, over the weekend. A friend of ours tweeted me over the weekend saying that in Donald Trump's speech, you're not going to believe this, Dr. Paul, he said, Ron Paul is a great guy. So they have a sense <laughs> of this. And Steve Bannon, of all people, in his speech, or reportedly from a text I got, said, end the Fed. <laughs> so, so, so there is that sense out there that these are winning ideas. Um, whether they like it or not, where they're coming from or not, they better embrace them if they want to be successful. You know, to gather up some votes, they did one more thing with the IRS, and that was they, we added a new tax. <laughs> and, you know, what corporations do among the mischief of what the, the regulators do to keep the stock market up, the number one goal is to keep the stock market up, you know, print money and the stocks go up until they don't go up anymore. <laughs> but they, they put a new tax on there, this, this gimmick, uh, in the midst of not having a unit of account to really understand where we are and have interest rates, they uh, have introduced a new tax. So sometimes what they'll do, because credit is easy and the stock looks like it's going down, well, we need more purchasers. This is what we need. So, well, nobody wants it. Oh, we'll buy them ourselves. Oh, well, we don't have enough cash. That's our problem. Oh, we, we'll borrow it. <laughs> so, so, and, and now they, the, there's a few people who realize, hey, they're just, uh, they're just ripping us off by being able to do that. So they put a 15, this is symbolic, of course, they put a 15% tax on any of this money that, uh, you, you know, for buying your own stock back again. <laughs> but, you know, the principle's dumb anyway. Yeah. I mean, in a free market, you might have times you'd buy your own stock. Yeah. But this is, this is not that. This is, this is super management of monetary and fiscal policy. So they're going to penalize them. But that, um, I predict, will not raise much money. But that's sad because 
we'll fix it next year. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get one next year. But you made a few good points that people people are waking up yeah. and uh, there are there are some good signs of what's happening. And I've frequently said all these discoveries and COVID, I said, it's not all bad because it's just gonna make about a million more people upset and yeah. saying, and, it, and, and, and look at it, the people's sentiments have definitely changed about, they can, I don't think they could get away with COVID right now, I think yeah. there's enough resistors. Out I hope there. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I worry about that. I hope right. you're right. I, I do too. <laughs> this next story that we're going to cover is fascinating because I sent you something last night. CBS, and we always pay attention when the mainstream media actually does some journalism because it's very rare. So CBS News did an investigative report, an investigative documentary on the the uh, constant sending of weapons to Ukraine from the U.S. Billions of dollars, and you remember a senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul, who said, you know, shouldn't we have someone to kind of keep an eye on this stuff? You know, they said said, you are a Russian propagandist. You are (laughs) repeating Putin's talking points. So the CBS News of all places, they looked into it. They did an investigation and they found something fascinating that I sent you yesterday saying this is worth looking into. Let's put up this quote. I mean, this tweet, the new CBS reports documentary arming Ukraine explores why much of the billions of dollars of military aid that the U.S. is sending to Ukraine doesn't make it to the front lines. Quote, like 30% of it reaches its final destination, end quote, from the channel. So this morning, I'm thinking we're going to lead with this story because it's fascinating. Only 30%? Where's the rest of it going? (laughs) Jihadists? You know, Lake Jackson Police Department? you got to look at it from the viewpoint of the Ukrainians uh, because they're, they're getting, coming up short. They had planned on this, yeah. and they are, have a war to win. Uh, they're not doing that well. Uh, so the answer for them is, look, we need more money. Uh, there's something wrong with the system. And so they, they get only 30%. Uh, they, get only, they, they get 30% of what was sent to them. And so the answer is, send us more, more weapon. And uh, how many... You know, Rand, I don't even know how much support he got from that. You know, just Not much. just have just have a review of this. Uh, and, and and the whole thing is, is, you know, uh, and I have mentioned this, but I don't concentrate on much. They don't audit the, the Pentagon. No, they can't. They don't audit the CIA and <laughs> they don't audit the Fed. So uh, I think it's best we just we have a triad there and audit them all at once. Yeah. And, them out. Here's the fascinating part, though. As I got here this morning for us to talk about this, I clicked on the tweet and I couldn't find it. I went to CBS <laughs> News article. I couldn't find this doc. They must have spent a couple dollars on this documentary. And so I went on Twitter and did a search. And here's what I found, Dr. Paul. CBS commenting on its own documentary saying, we removed a tweet promoting our recent documentary, Arming Ukraine, which quoted the founder of the nonprofit Blue Yellow, Jonas Oman's assessment in April that only 30% of the aid was reaching its front lines. They deep-sixed their own investigation. I wonder why. Well, here's the next tweet. And here's how they explain, if we can put that up. Since it came out yesterday, he says, since that time, they say that delivery has improved. Additionally, the U.S. military has (laughs) confirmed that Defense Attaché Brigadier General Garrick Harmon arrived in Kiev in August for arms control and monitoring. It's fascinating. Within a day, they took down their own report saying it was bogus. Sorry, we messed up. Uh, totally untrue. And Paul Joseph Watson, who I think does a great job in exposing this, put up this next uh, uh, tweet if you can. 
He tweeted this out this morning. CBS News has sensationally censored its own documentary after the film exposed how only 30% of weapons funding provided by the U.S. makes it to the front lines. Should be a big story. Let's put up the next one. Here's from the article that Paul Joseph Watson wrote about it. CBS News censors its own documentary. He says, announces, we are updating our documentary, quote, after pressure. So pressure was put on them. They took it down. I wonder who by. Well, here's, an, here's a little bit of a hint, Dr. Paul, and I'll throw it back at you after this. This is the foreign minister of Ukraine. Put this on if you can. Commenting on CBS removing its investigation. It's a welcome first step, but it's not enough. You have misled a huge audience by sharing unsubstantiated claims and damaging trust in supplies of vital military aid to a nation resisting aggression and genocide. And here's the part I highlighted. There should be an internal investigation into who enabled this and why. And I would say, who the heck is Dmitry, whatever his name is, foreign minister of Ukraine, telling the American media, you better investigate your own people for investigating something and finding out something that we don't like. It's insane. You know, there's a pretty good watchdog to make sure they clean up their act. Uh, uh, it, and, and I guess accidentally they have some honest people doing there and think they're, they, they, they graduated from journalism school and they actually learned something. But, but if you do it, then, then you get in trouble. But it reminds me of something else. This is not quite as major as what you report on. But uh, the, the other day, uh, you recall us mentioning Mark Levin, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And, and, uh, and we made the point that, uh, which a lot of other people made, it's in the media that that United uh, United States spends more money than the next nine countries put together on their military, yeah. and he didn't like that because it came out hurt. Now he didn't mention us or say that he was annoyed with us. I didn't see the whole program, but mm. all, all I know is I caught. I was walking through the living room. I caught a three-minute thing, and he was proving that anybody who said that was absolutely wrong. <laughs> and he said. That, uh, and then they came up with a new statistic, and it showed that, uh, that the U.S. Uh, and and uh, the the U.S. and oh, China and Russia, if you put them together, spend more money than the U.S. So, <laughs> I wonder how they calculate that. Uh, but the that. point is, is they felt compelled to dispel truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't dispel lies. Yeah. You have to, oh my goodness, truth is leaking out. Yeah. We have to stop this. So they quickly have a new study. You know. And I wonder how long until Americans start turning against these thugs. Basically, he's a thug. You better investigate these American journalists. Well, his government has already closed down all the opposition papers in Ukraine, so that's how they feel about the free media. So, But this is interesting because what also came out a couple of days ago is Amnesty International. Now, Amnesty has been very biased in favor of Ukraine throughout this war, very strongly so. And in fact, Amnesty is considered very close to Western governments, probably funded by and funded by George Soros. So they came out with a report over the weekend, you may have seen it, Dr. Paul, where they very mildly said there's a problem with Ukraine putting its military equipment too close to civilian personnel. Uh, and this could be a war crime if they keep doing this. Pretty mild report in the context of everything. Well, there was an explosion at Amnesty. The Amnesty International guy in Ukraine quit. He resigned and said, we are promoting Putin's propaganda by reporting this. Uh, and it's amazing. Aaron Matei, who's a great progressive uh, and I think a wonderful journalist, he points this out. He says, it's incredible seeing Amnesty attacked for documenting what every minimally observant 
independent observer has from the start. See, for example, the Washington Post from March 28th on, quote, Ukraine's strategy of placing heavy military equipment and other fortifications in civilian zones. So this has been widely documented. And when Amnesty very gently reported on it, they've been accused of being Putin's propagandists. They've been attacked viciously. And put on that next one, and here we have a reemergence of their foreign minister, Dmitry Kuleba. He said, apparently Amnesty calls me a mob and a troll, but this won't stop me from saying, this report distorts reality. It draws false moral equivalents between the aggressor and the victim, and it boosts Russia's disinformation efforts. This is fake neutrality, not truthfulness. You notice how he never disputed what they reported. He just said, this is hurting our propaganda efforts. And you know, our good friend Caitlin Johnstone from Australia, who spoke at one of our conferences, she made a great point. She said the underlying premise behind these complaints about the Amnesty report is that it's Amnesty International's job to win a propaganda campaign against Russia. That's not their job, it's to investigate crimes against you know, civilians and humanity. So it's, it's just another chapter in this whole propaganda war. You know, in recent months, I've emphasized the thing about nihilism and what cultural Marxism preaches, that, uh, that you can understand it better if you understand they don't believe truth is achievable. It doesn't exist, and so you can do whatever you want. And I get, I get to think, Boy, this really proves their point. It looks like they're doing a pretty good job. Under these conditions, if you don't have a few people give us the information, if we can't find it, you know, the truth doesn't exist. But isn't it amazing, though, uh, we have to give a lot of credit to the people who have, uh, uh, you know, looked at it and decided they are telling lies and statistics. You can find the majority of American people, if they're if they're told something, well, the government said this. I mean, how many? If we could take all these things out and put it into a real poll on what they said they're going to do with this and get rid of inflation. I mean, that is such a force. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, the uh, the the people who suffer the most, which is the poor and the middle class, they're the ones that that know it, and they're still they're still arguing. Well, there's no signs of recession here. Yeah, because we changed the definition. <laughs> and, and what does that do? That builds up more true believers yeah. it, by them lying through their teeth. Yeah. It, uh, in a way, uh, it, it's a back way of getting some assistance. But that people are, uh, people would like, people sense the truth. You yeah. know, I found that out in campaigning because I'd say, well, he said that and he said that. Yeah, and they, I said, why don't you believe that? We don't believe him. Yeah. And, and they say the same words. So a lot of them there, you know, Pelosi's always, uh, you know, bragging about saving the Constitution and uh, provide, preserving freedom. And, and uh, that's her job. And, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have one more. Our last story is a good news story. And I know this is a, a real irritant. This is a stone in your shoe constantly. And this is the the woke march through the institutions and it's been really heavy in the entertainment industry and the social media industry. Let's put up this next one from our good friends at Zero Hedge. This is good news. Entertainment companies start dumping woke content as viewership tumbles. Oh my gosh, they don't want to see a bunch of dumb, dopey, woke superheroes. <laughs> you know, so the revenue was way down on some of these offerings. They had to cancel a few Batgirl and Supergirl and all these ridiculous things. Uh, so that's, you know. Well, we, we can say that it's good news yeah. because people are waking up and they're probably not attending and complaining about it. But I think the, the more important question, 
is why did they ever start doing it? Yeah. Why did the people tolerate it? Why did, why we, uh, but it, it's once again is getting information and being deceived and the deceivers are out there and the deceivers, uh, which are, is this group of people who have infiltrated, they have positioned themselves in the Justice Department and, and the CIA and the whole works. So the influence is there and social media. So that's probably what happens. But the real question is, is we need more uh, people alert. And I, I, I keep thinking, you know, about the, I, I uh, went through that decade of the 60s, living it in the sense of reading all that stuff and all the people that died is, uh, why, why did you ever do it? Why yeah. do you go in? And one of, the, uh, one of the things that they told me in the debates that just aggravated me, uh, we, we, we can't quit now because we don't want to let those men and women die in vain. Yeah. Now, can, you, can you believe anything dumber than that? Yeah. Evil. Uh, Evil, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I guess uh, we... The market works. Yeah. People don't want to watch that garbage, so they're going to stop making it. Yeah, and you know, the, the market is going to be challenging on that issue as well because of ESG. Yeah. Uh, because of the investments, they've infiltrated there and put pressure on <clears throat> behind in the monetary system, including the, the uh, Federal Reserve, as well as uh, the holder of the biggest investment company, asset company, uh, Larry Fink. Yeah. He's a, he's a true radical environmentalist, and he deals with $10 trillion, yeah. and he has control of guiding funds and where they go and all. And that's making them invest in these bad companies. Yeah, yeah. So, so some of this stuff coming together, plus the bursting of the bubble. So that's why I think it's a safe prediction to say things are likely to get worse before they get better. They should be investing in the Ron Paul Institute, right? <laughs> there, that's, yeah. a sound, that's a sound investment in the future. Um, I'll just close if you put up this clip by reminding everyone it's a Monday. Get your tickets for Anatomy of a Police State September 3rd just a few weeks away in Washington, D.C. It's going to be a great conference, Dr. Paul. We've got a lot of interest. Uh, we actually have a lot of interest in people joining the host committee and being part of the VIP uh, special receptions that we have. That's always a lot of fun. Um, if you are interested in that and you don't have any info in front of you, go to ronpaulinstitute.org and subscribe to updates from the Institute. Of course, we won't sell or rent your name out. But we will keep you up to date on what we're doing. We won't do it all the time. We won't bother you, but we'll keep you posted. Uh, but get your tickets. You can go to ronpaulinstitute.org. There's a little link up there that you can get your tickets, uh, and we'll have a great old time. We are the uncompromising organization when it comes to non-interventionism and the protection of civil liberties. Uh, we are not a beltway group. We stick to the principles, and we appreciate your continued interest and support for the Institute. Dr. Paul? Yes, and I want to also uh, thank our viewers uh, for tuning into our program, and hopefully um, many of you will get to our conference. But you know, today we talked about various things. Uh, we talked a lot about the uh, tax bill and this pretense that it was going to solve inflation. I mean, that's about the silliest thing ever. Daniel used stronger word than that. Maybe evil too. <laughs> you know, there's a 
but but the whole the whole thing is the one part of that that really bothers me is that they don't recognize that our lives are important. We have a right to our life. We have the right to the products of our our, our labor, uh, which way it's supposed to be. But we don't. We concede the fact, or allow them to concede the fact that the government owns us and they own what we produce, and we can use it or keep it or spend it according to what the government allows us to do. So we don't live in a free country, and eventually that will lead to what we have here. Excessive rules and regulations, and deficits that can't be financed anymore with just routine taxation. It has to go with, uh, uh, with the, the secret evil taxation of just printing money and diluting the money Prices going up and let the middle class pay the bills. But even the, re the new regulations putting in this bill, which is supposed to stop inflation, which is total nonsense, is uh, not going to solve those problems at all. It's going to make things much worse. There's going to be higher taxes and higher spending, and it will move us more quickly to that point where we will make changes because this system has a deadline. It will not continue. But we don't know when that'll be. So fortunately, let's hope it lasts a while longer so more people can prepare physically and psychologically and family-wise and financially for a time that might change drastically. Because if we do the wrong thing and do the things that they did in the Depression and prolong it, Depression really lasted for 15 years. If we allow that to happen, this one could last even longer. And people say, we, we don't, Ron, why are you getting so worried about we don't even know if we're in a recession yet. Yeah, it's not a little alone a depression. Well, the, the people will speak, and uh, we, we could take a poll of the people at the grocery store and ask them if they think they're in a recession. Anyway, the answers are not complex. The answers are just understanding and promoting the cause of liberty. We had it once. We had a taste of it. And yet, unfortunately, the largesse of government promises, people were tempted with it, and it shifted into a welfare state and a warfare state where we have an empire to defend and a, 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 a welfare condition that uh, we can't afford. So it will come to an end. And I think that we should be optimistic enough to say that people People do wake up <clears throat> and eventually uh, eventually we will see a change for the better I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report please come back soon <laughs>